too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara. Great to be with you as always. Couple things at the top of this episode that I've got to get out there. Number one, of course, remember that free devotional, Finding Faith, again, is on the website. Just go to mattkinzara.com and you can download it. No charge. I'd love to hear your input on it because it's kind of my first attempt. And also, it's a little bit of a sample of the writing that you'll find in Wait For It, Bring It Home, The Adventure of Finding Yourself After Being Lost in Religion, which is coming out on November 10th. Couple things about that book release. Number one, it is available for pre-order on Amazon. Just go to amazon.com and in the search engine, you can type Bring It Home Matt Kinzara. Otherwise, you can just go straight to my website and click on the picture of the book right on the homepage and it will take you there. Or you can go to lakedrivebooks.com, same idea. So if you don't mind, if you're interested in getting the book, get out there and pre-order it. Now, if you're in the general Eau Claire, Wisconsin area, or you're close enough that you want to drive to a pretty spectacular event, the book is coming out on November 10th. The book release party is going to be on November 11th, 11-11. It's going to be great. Here's the thing. I have been promoting that that party slash book release event is going to be at the Forge downtown Eau Claire. I was a little bit concerned about the room having enough space and everybody feeling comfortable and having fun. And so we moved that location. It's now going to be at the Brewing Project in Eau Claire, which is also in the downtown area. And we've got the upper room. So there's this room, it's this gorgeous upper room overlooking the Chippewa River, and it's just gonna be awesome. So now because we moved it, I'm not gonna do any ticketing or anything like that. So I just need you to show up at six o'clock on 11-11 at the Brewing Project. Now, as this book is about to come out, I thought maybe it would be fun. Now, every time I have my wife Susie on the podcast, the downloads go through the roof because obviously you guys like her better than you like me, which I'm totally fine with. That makes sense. I like her better than I like me as well. So I thought we would switch this around a little bit. And what we're going to do today, I think this is going to be fun. It could be horrible, but I think it's going to be fun. We're going to switch things around. Susie's going to join us and she is going to interview me about the book, Bring It Home. So sit back, relax. This is going to be a ride and enjoy this interview of the beautiful Susie K. Kinzera interviewing the guy that got really lucky to have her as his husband. Enjoy. That's my intro music. Thanks for coming on my show, Matt Kinzara. Oh, it's an honor to be here with you, Suzanne. Thank you for uh, thinking of me and reaching out and oh uh, letting me be on your show. It's been a lifelong dream yeah. that that I could get you on my show, so I can't believe that it's happening. Like, I'm nervous. I bet. I'm, I so, bet. I'm like shaking right yeah, now. Could makes... be from the coffee. 
That makes sense. Sweating. I'm shaking. I'm sweating. No, but seriously, congratulations. This is so exciting. Thank you for, for like handing over the mic to me today. This could be dangerous. It, there's a high <laughs> probability that this could go bad, but I'm, I'm committing to putting it out there no matter what. Oh, so, wow. No matter okay. how this goes, we're throwing it out there. So. Okay. Well, I do just, first of all, want to say congratulations because this is a huge feat. This is so exciting. I mean, I have been watching you wrestle with this book for over a decade. (laughs) (laughs) I have purposely, you guys, listeners out there, I purposely, years and years ago when our kids were toddlers, I like created a little nook in the corner of our house. Do you remember that? I do. And I was like, okay. And I think at the time we didn't really have a good computer. So I think maybe I just put a journal there, a candle, a coffee mug. I was like, babe. And a little, there was like a little frame with two little birdies on it. And I wrote inside of it, like, I believe in you. I still have that frame. It's downstairs at the the nook that you made me in our basement. I believe it's down there. Bring it to the book party. We should. Set it up on the table. Yeah, it's um, funny. So just to give some some understanding of how mm-hmm. long ago that was, like our kids are now 19 and 17, <laughs> and that was when they were like Tyler's. probably like two and four. Yeah, so I'm so, so proud of you, and I'm so excited for you, and I just, I don't know, I just, I can't even imagine how you're feeling, but we're going to get into that later because okay. I actually okay. have a question. You have questions. Okay. And questions about that. Um, so let's get the show on the road. Okay, let's do it. Let's book the show. Book the show. Do you guys get that? They book, probably do. It's, it's a book. Yeah. But we're on a show. We're on a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Okay. So congratulations. I love you. Thank you. Mwah. So proud of you. Okay. That was a, I think that was the first kiss ever on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> that would be awkward with other people you're interviewing. It would, especially on a Zoom call. <laughs> okay. First question. When you first started thinking about writing a book, what was stirring in you and where did this desire come from? I I have this weird affinity for the town that I grew up in, Boscoville, Wisconsin. I don't know why. I think it's like a little bit of a, like a stand by me feeling like there are so many lovely memories and in so many ways that town and the people in it like formed me into who I am today, right? It's not all that, but I think that was like the heart of why I wanted to do it for the first time. I'm like, there was, there was so much special about growing up in that little tiny town along the river. And so it actually had like zero spiritual connotations at all. Like I didn't <laughs> want to write, a, I, I didn't set out to write a book about God. I set out to write a book about growing up. Basketball is what it was, was going to be called. It was going to be called Basketball. There was this picture of my brother and I wearing just these like towels like we were Native Americans and we had these <laughs> fake bow and arrows. That was going to be the cup, the original cover. And I love so, it. yeah, it was I just. I still want you to write Basketball. Kind of like a coming of age uh, yeah. memoir, I guess. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. I love that so much. I love that so much. Um, I think we should, we, we should talk about at some point in this podcast, the cover of your book, because, and maybe right now is the perfect time because you alluded a little bit to being a boy growing up in the bluffs and all of the memories that you have from that and the cover of this book. Why, why the cover of this book? Well, it's, you know, I, I mean, you know, you, I frustrate you to all end talking about the journey of life, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're parenting our kids or we're going through, Susie, it's just a journey. Like just, 
hang on, let's These relax. damn journeys we're always on, these damn seasons. And so that's a little bit of the, the theme of my, my life is like, we're just on this journey. It starts somewhere, it goes somewhere. And in Boscobel, less than a mile from where I grew up, there was these railroad tracks. And sometimes we'd ride our dirt bikes along them. Sometimes we would walk along them. And it was just, so, so there's a piece of it that connects to that original desire for the book. And then there's a bigger piece of it that just is a, I always will feel like a little boy. You know, yeah, so the, the cover is a little boy walking on some railroad tracks. You are always looking for... With a for, bag in his hands. Yeah, a suitcase. <laughs> a like, suitcase. you're always looking for the next ad- adventure, yeah. the next best thing. It's perfect. Yeah. It's really the perfect cover oh, for you God. and for this book and this story. Well, so I, I'm I pretty sure it. you found it, so... It's perfect, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the little, I'll always feel like a little boy. I'll always be going somewhere. I love that. And, uh, I, I love that so much. Okay, so next question. When you started this book, was there a goal in mind? And did that change throughout the process? So like when I started the book for reals? Yeah. yeah. Not the Boscobel book, but okay. this book. Yeah, so a couple of years ago... Um, when I started writing it, yeah, the, the, the title like went through a million different transformations. But I think I, I finally started writing it after you and I had gone through some really challenging <laughs> situations yeah. with church and with faith. And we were a little bit, we were struggling a little bit through that. Um, and, and I could see like everybody around us was struggling. And so my real desire was you know, I've always believed that that faith is something that we see in our everyday life. And it really shows up in some of the, the best stories. You know, when you get together with your friends and you're having a couple of drinks around the bonfire, the stories right. that come out, like those have some beautiful spiritual realities in them. And so my hope was that so many people were hurting from church experiences and from, you know, just life uh, life in throwing them curveballs. Yeah, life throwing them curveballs, especially in in faith circles. And so I just wanted to write a book that said, "Hey, we don't necessarily. It's not that church isn't good. Church can be beautiful. We all know that, right? But I think the important part is that we don't have to rely on an institution or a religion to have a vibrant relationship with God. And the best place and the most unique place to find that." is right in the center of your own story. So I just figured, hey, I've got these stories that I tell everybody all the time from up front or around bonfires or whatever. Let's look at those stories and see what I was learning from from a standpoint of my relationship with God. And some of those are funny stories. Some of those are serious stories. And then the hope is not that people would just hear a story and enjoy it, but that they would hear the story and then think of their own story. That's the dream. So that was the goal. That was kind of my next question to that question. Yeah what you're hoping for people like when they read this book. Yeah, I hope number 1 that they enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> they will. <laughs> I hope number 2 that they laugh and that it causes them to to pause a little bit and think, but most importantly, yes, I hope that they read my stories that are in that book and then they just take some time to step back and think about their own story. Mm-hmm. So many people don't think their story is that good or it doesn't matter, but I like I did, I've never done anything so many spectacular. people just don't think about their yeah. stories. I just, like, that was in the past. Let's I'm just go. able to look at my no, very normal life and, mm-hmm. and grab out some things that were pretty pretty nuts and, and pretty incredible experiences and pretty funny experiences. And so I'm hoping that people will just read a book from a very ordinary human being and realize, hey, my story matters as well, and I can learn something from just digging through, through my past mm-hmm. and, and my reality. So that's the hope. You are such an incredible storyteller, and that like leads right into my next question. One of the things I love 
the most about this book, so much about this book is your storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I've had the blessing of living my life with you and listening to all of your stories and doing shows with you, (laughs) listening to you speak, listening to you preach, like whatever arena you've been in as a speaker, your stories are always what captivates and captures people and just kind of pulls them in. Like, tell me, okay, it's seriously one of your greatest talents. So where do you think this ability came from and how did, how in the heck did you develop it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think it came from, so I grew up uh, without a television and so you have to get really creative and so I've always been a bit of a reader I've always been like a radio listener, you know things like that. So I've always learned a lot um, Not necessarily visually but more like hearing growing up, you know, so I think there's a little bit of that uh, You know like all of us growing up like I love stories like stand by me and some yes. of those great like coming-of-age stories that that were in the 80s and then and then Susie I I I fell in love with Garrison Keillor oh and gosh. you took me to see him for one of my birthdays and it was just like the most spectacular experience because he has this way of just oh, telling stories that just draws you in like and, you. Uh, and then people like you know we live in Eau Claire Wisconsin which is the home of the author Michael Perry another like just great storyteller so I think I've always been drawn to storytellers and so then I believed enough in my own story that I just starting t- started telling that from up front especially from our Christmas shows that's probably the first place right it was these Christmas shows and I would take like real stories and embellish them so much so that the place was just dying laughing I know people were roaring like people were crying they were laughing so hard and I think when I figured out that I could tell stories in a way that would make people laugh then it was so infectious for me that I was like I just want to keep making people laugh but then I developed that into realizing I can also tell stories in a way that make people think I know and so kind of those two things when you start seeing that that's what people grab onto because I'm not a theologian I have zero I have zero days zero (laughs) classes of theology in my back pocket but I do have just this ability to tell stories and that is in so many ways what Jesus did as well and I think that's what makes you so credible when you're talking about your faith experiences is because you have this ability to make people feel like oh he gets it he gets me that's what I've experienced so I think sometimes there's that struggle when you walk or step into a, a, a faith circle or an organization and everything is so heady that you right. can't relate to it. So I think when people can relate to you, they feel like, okay, I, I can pause and I can reflect and I can think and I don't have to necessarily be right or wrong about my faith journey or know have it all like know all the answers and i think that's such a great point and that's my hope kind of as as things unfold in the future as well not that we have the right or wrong answers talking about god because i'm not so sure that we can right but nobody can it's supposed to be a mystery but nobody can come against our stories what you know we talk about this all the time like you've had some incredible encounters with god and and Mm -hmm. there's no way anybody could say that was true or not true because it's just your story right and so you get to have that experience and i get to have my own experiences with God and they're mine and and they're special to me and we don't have to have them all figured out biblically or whatever like it's just this experience that we had and there's something special about it so I think people are going to be so blessed when they're reading because I know these stories 
And I would out loud, I would, I would out loud just start giggling. I remember reading it and I'd be in the car with, I was out in Arizona and Matt was having me read different excerpts from his book. And I would just be laughing out loud in the back of the car. And my girlfriends were like, what, what's going on? I'm like, oh, that's really funny. And this Matt was sharing a story and I've heard it, but the way that I've you're heard able, it a million times. <laughs> but every time, like you just have this, there's like a new twist or a new take that I didn't hear before. And sure. I don't know if it's an embellishment or not. <laughs> I, tr- I tried. I tried to be pretty intentional in the book to keep the stories true to form. But at the end, you know how that is. Like when you tell a story a million times, you're not sure if it's you know. So you could ask somebody that experienced the same thing, and they might have a different take on it. I need to ask okay. your parents if some of these stories are really <laughs> yeah <laughs> accurate. I remember I had a like a disagreement with my parents and my whole family for quite a while because I used to tell the story at Christmas about me saving yes. Christmas by skiing into town to get water. water. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I apparently was the only person in the family that remembered that story. But then over time. People started saying, Wait you know, it was Leslie because that's who was house. Our sister-in-law, Leslie, it was her house that I went to get the water. Yes. At. She remembered me being she, there. And then John, I think, said, oh, yeah, I do kind of remember you skiing somewhere. So right? little by little. So, so, I, so I can't vouch that everything is 100% true, but it's 100% true in my mind. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of these wonderful stories that you are so good at sharing and telling, um, when you were writing down and sharing some of these stories in the book, did you find yourself smiling or laughing when you were writing about them? Because I just feel like the writing process should be enjoyable. Yeah, it was more like, as I wrote the stories, you just kind of get in a, a little bit of a zone when you're writing a story and you just kind of buckle down and you make it through all in one setting. Okay. And then when I would find myself giggling, and I even did it a little while ago when I was going through the final, final proof, I would I would be laughing at my own stories, <laughs> which feels really <laughs> weird. That does feel weird. But some of the stories, and, and you know, it is, you know, we've worked so hard, you know, myself and the editor and David, the publisher, like worked so hard to get the wording right, you yes. know, and when you get it right, you know. I think that's great. Wonderful. <laughs> I think that's so great that you can enjoy those moments of writing those stories and laugh yeah. at it. Like you should be able to. Um, yeah, and in, I'm laughing at myself, you I know, know, because know. all the stories have me at the center of. Them. I know. What was I your know. favorite? What was your favorite story to write about? Just give people a little peekaboo, like a little sneak peek. Uh, like my favorite story to write about that was that was kind of humorous. Uh, one of two it was either the one where where like I got caught with my pants down seeing how high I could pee on a wall with a couple of my <laughs> friends or so that was one of them and uh, and then the other one was I think when I was trying to impress some girls when I was in high school band. Oh my gosh, to, yes, don't tell, don't like okay, leave that one. I'll just say one. I tried to leap over a fence and it didn't go so well. It didn't go so well and you had your epic band uniform on. No, I just had normal clothes oh, on. Oh, you did? I was yeah. I was picturing you like with the hat. Oh, the, nope, no, nope, it was just normal clothes. And did you go back and rewrite that then with the uniform on just because I think it'll be no. sexier. Oh, you like the <laughs> uniform? Okay, uh, you know, I guess, I guess we can work on that. Can we call David and say, we need a rewrite? Yeah, we need a rewrite. Man, Susie needs to wants to be in a band, in the band uniform because Susie thinks it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, serious question okay. now. Do you think people will be, whew, this is a hard one. Do you think people will be disappointed there's only one chapter about me? <laughs> I could tell this wasn't really going to be a serious <laughs> question. 
So, so people will absolutely be disappointed that there's only one chapter that's completely dedicated to you, but you show up in several other <laughs> chapters. So you are referenced in many of the chapters about my adult life because you came into my, the picture like early in my adult life. So that's true. So the childhood, you know, stories don't include you, but the other half of the book, you yeah. show up in just about every chapter. I'm there in the back of your mind though, because you would <laughs> look at me making this about me. <laughs> You would dream about a woman that would sing and make you breakfast. I did. But you're the breakfast I maker. I sing around the house. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, you know, you have to give the, the dream of me was alive when you were a That's boy. right. That's right. <laughs> okay. So anyway, true. I digress. The next book that you write can be titled All the Things I Love About Susie. <laughs> there we go. That's your sequel. <laughs> That'll be perfect. People are going to love that one. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, speaking of, do you think that you'll write a sequel to this book or do you have interest in writing on different subjects or different topics is this or is this the end of it i I mean i guess (laughs) i guess if i put this out there and nobody reads it (laughs) i'd be less uh i would desire less to try less motivated to go after it again because it's such a long it's just a it's a dirge like the writing part is fun but man it's a process to get it from that point to where you've got it edited and and ready to put out so I would say I would love to keep writing I would love to make a career of of this you know speaking and writing of course doing music which I have in a lot of ways you know right now that is what I do for a living but I'd love for it to be like my own stories and my own you know what I want people to accomplish you know I want to accomplish with my career and things like that so so yeah I think there will be more um, what they'll be like, I don't have any grand thoughts, you know, um, it'll right. always, I think, be, have an element of faith to it. It'll all always have an element of storytelling to it. So good. Um, you have so many stories. So, yeah. So many stories. Well, every to day you have new stories. Right? I know. So. I know. Okay. So you shared, this is the perfect segue. Good. Good. Because you shared with me that after you finished the book, it wasn't as serendipitous as you thought it would be. <laughs> I thought that was super interesting and wondered if other author, authors like feel the same way after accomplishing such a huge feat. Um, I think a lot of people would be surprised by this too. Do you think that this is because of like your Enneagram seven type personality? I just think that listeners would be interested in hearing about this experience for you and why. Yeah, you know, like when you set out to do anything big, right? Like think of our, our story, like we built the house that we're sitting in. Um, we've put out like albums, we've done all sorts of things. And you just, th- as you're working towards them, and this book is a great example, like as I was working toward getting this book done, you always dream of what it's going to be like to like write that last sentence or to close that computer for the last time before you send the draft off to the publisher. And you think it's going to be, this amazing feeling of like this big smile and you're like, I can't believe I did that. And then you're going to grab a drink and like sit out. And, and I remember that it happened and I was, nobody was home. So, which is how I would write. Which is how I would write a lot of times was when nobody would be home because you kind of need that space, right? We talk about Mm -hmm. this all the time. Like if you're going to be creative, you need that space. So nobody was home and I finished and (laughs) I think I grabbed a drink and I stepped outside and I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like nothing (laughs) felt great. And I think I stepped outside for maybe a minute and a half and then I probably came inside and did the dishes or something, you know, just like. I just think that's so crazy. I would just think that like, 
you would just feel this overwhelming sense of accomplishment and joy yeah. and like you would you be would able think, to run a marathon or you something. You would think, but no, no, there was none of that. I'm excited to have like the book party, you know, oh my gosh, we're going to do gonna this great show. So I think that will maybe, because now it's like done and now it's out. So maybe now it's actually like this actual celebration. Right, right. Well, I was excited for you. Yes, yes. But I, I wasn't home to celebrate you. I, if I would have been home, I you think, probably yeah. did this on purpose because Matt knows if I would have been home, like, it been a thing. I probably would have invited friends over. <laughs> we would have had appetizers, drinks. We would have been singing yeah. around a campfire. Like, it was, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I would have been home. Okay. So, I don't know. We're getting down to just two more questions the, here. All right. I all hope right. that our listeners have not fallen asleep. Yeah. I they, think it's they fun. They did not. They are, they're in this yeah. one. I mean, this is, my show is great. This is a great show. <laughs> okay. So, as you often say, faith is a journey. It's a process. We go in and out of seasons. You have the right to wrestle with things and change your mind. So, what are you wrestling with right now? And what's next for you? Mm, good question. You're the one that always says you have the right to change your mind. Let's clear that. Oh, is like it? That's, that's, I learned well, that from you. Well, I think you. that's great advice. I learned that from I you. I think that's great <laughs> Such advice. good advice. Uh, so, no, you're right. Like, wrestling with uh, being on a journey, what's next? You know, I think, I think we're at a place where, you know, both of us have experienced a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I was, I was really mad, really angsty. When I started writing this book, I had to delete a bunch of chapters because I asked not, you to rewrite some of these yeah, chapters. Yeah, because I was just angry during the beginning process of writing this book. And some of that came out in the book and that's not the thing that I wanted to put out in the world. And so, yeah, I remember I you saying like, you might want to rethink that. Let's just rethink this hunt. And then there's a couple swear words. And I'm like, you never swear. Well, it was not that I never <laughs> swear, but you know, sometimes you just have to do what you do to, to make the point. Here's the point. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Why can't you just say, here's the point? Yeah. And there's some fricatives involved. Fricatives are good. Maybe (laughs) next book we'll use more fricatives. Um, What's next? I think now the the healing journey is, the healing journey is never, never complete, right? You're always working through it. But I think I feel so at peace with some of those hard churchy things that we went through. Like I can think about the people that I felt were so hurtful. I can think about the, the disappointments that happened and those people that I felt like I let down, or I can think about those, some of those really hard moments, like the, the moment when we had to shut and lock the door down at B side or little community for the last time I can think about and say those things out loud without like it ruining my day. You know, I used to, if I would get caught thinking about some of those really hard things or some of the stuff that happened at the prison, like it would literally ruin my day. Like I'd be off, you knew that, like I'd be off for the whole day. So I feel like you and I are both at this point where now we're just so excited about mm-hmm. like what our faith journey, what our life as a whole, but, but specifically, you know, talking about the book, like what our faith journey can look like moving forward. And so I'm just really excited to see what becomes of that. You know, right. when we get back to this point of like, because faith is meant to be done. You, there's definitely something valuable about your individual faith journey, mm-hmm. but there's something equally as valuable about sharing that with other people and doing yes. that together. That's why, that's the beauty of church, right? Yeah. And so I think moving forward, I think you and I right now, we're in conversations of like, what would community look like now after everything we've went through? Oh my goodness. What yeah. could community look like? And so my hope is that, you know, this book, devotionals that I'm working on, um, you know, just whatever content is, is being put out there will be for the sense of people to connect with themselves, to connect with God, and then 
also connect with one another. And that right. will be kind of the fun piece to see how that plays out. And I've got ideas, but none of which right. I'm going to throw out there just yet. And if I can just add to like what you're saying about being excited about where we're at in our faith journey, um, there have been so many couples that have struggled because they are in different places in their right. faith journey. And I think what we've really managed to make peace about is that we are both still on different journeys in our faith. I don't know when... Like in in our world, in our culture, we decided that we should get upset if somebody's faith journey doesn't look like ours. Mm. But that's a real thing. Yeah. And it it causes division, it causes hurt, it breaks up marriages. And I think what we're discovering is like, how do we um, encourage one another and honor one another? Because it's not like either of us are saying, never faith again. We <laughs> renounce. <laughs> well, I was saying that we for renounce, a minute, but... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I think we need to relax a little bit about this. I think we need to talk about this. I think we need to encourage other couples. Like this is a real thing, mm-hmm. and people get to go on their journeys. And we could either really discourage them in that, which I did at times. Like if we're honest, we we kind of discouraged each other's beliefs mm-hmm. and journeys. It wasn't super healthy. And now we're at this place like we could really encourage couples that are struggling with this to say like ultimately you guys love wins and yeah. so yes we it are could be couples it could be family man it doesn't yeah, have to be, it could couples. be friendships, it could be friendships. friendships? Yeah, oh my gosh sure. yeah there's so so many things so yes i think we are excited yeah. about what's next you and i and you and i are a little bit bullheaded i'll speak yeah. for myself but so I, I i think both of us are pretty passionate uh people who also like to be right right i yeah. think we both enjoy when we're right or when we think we're right and so when we first less as i'm getting older because i'm getting lazy and i well, don't want to fight with people that's <laughs> kind of the point that i wanted to make is oh. that that you know when we would get into our arguments about faith or parenting whatever you know it, it was so many times one each of us feeling that we were right you know yeah. but when we think about faith like nobody knows if they're right, or right mm-hmm. because it's we're talking we about. have our experiences which yeah. makes it feels right yeah. which can be dangerous and those experiences are good like we've already said but i think now we just want to be we want to be healthy helpful. and we want to be helpful and we yeah. want to be for each other and that's really the change that we've made and that's the the change that i think yes. as we move as we move like i have no interest in in the book or in a podcast or anything of like coming up with new theologies or coming up with a new right answers. Right. I just want to explain, you know, or just talk about my understandings. And, you know, like I always say, it's not, it's not the right idea. It's just my idea. An idea. Yeah. And like Mr. Roger always says, find yeah. those who are helpful. Yeah. His world. mother said that. His mother said that. Yeah. Okay. I got that wrong, but no, I think you're okay. here to be right. Yeah. I, I just want to <laughs> make sure that everybody knows I still like to be right. <laughs> no, I think that I, I like making sure people know that his mom said that. I because it, like hearing a comment like that from his mom kind of helps you to understand, well, that's okay, that's where Mr. Rogers came from. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, last question, and then we're going to talk about this book release part. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, what is your encouragement to people who are trying to find themselves in faith after being lost in religion? Well, the, the thing that helped me the most, honestly, was to go back as far as I could remember faith being a part of my life. And for me, that's way back, you know, and I've talked about it on this podcast a number of times, but I went back to the times when I was, you know, a little kid going to Catholic school and the Catholic church and the, what I loved about that. And when I was sitting on the hillsides behind my house, looking at the sky, just wondering how that all came to be. And, and I remember just like, God's spirituality was always like a big part of that. So for me, what I did is I started by just going all the way back there and just asking myself the questions like, 
why as like a young young boy like why was faith important and in, in what ways was faith important because if you can find the root of where your faith started and kind of go back there in some way shape or form then you can rebuild maybe those pieces of your faith journey that were hurtful um, or that you know spun you out a little bit mm-hmm. you know so go back as far and maybe the answer is go back to the last place where it felt healthy and it felt helpful like you were saying you know where your faith journey felt helpful yes. and vibrant and alive get yourself back there it's we're not trying to recreate we're not trying to recreate any part of our life so i'm not saying like go back because i've seen people try to do that so don't go back and try to recreate something that you really enjoyed just think about why you enjoyed it and what mattered to you about that part of your faith journey Okay, let's talk about this book release party. Let's do it. I'm so excited. We love having parties. We love hosting mm-hmm. parties. Or I do. <laughs> I like going along for the ride. <laughs> no, this is going to be super fun. What can people expect? Well, it's going to be great. It's going to be down at the Brewing Project, which is downtown Eau Claire. So originally it's going to be at Forage, which is another great venue that I encourage people to go to things there. But it just... We couldn't get the number of people in there that, and I just it just felt like it was going to be too cramped with the yeah. numbers that I think might show up. So, anyway, it's going to be at the Brewing Project downtown Eau Claire on 11-11, November eleventh. It's, it's totally free, and what you can expect it's the it's the venue's just spectacular. I mean, it's the upstairs of the Brewing Project. It overlooks the river. Um, there's a full bar, which is important for a, for a good <laughs> for party. A party. Yeah. And what we're going to do is, so it's from 6 to 8 p.m. on 11-11, and we're going to start by just hanging out and, and uh, you know, just having a, a good little little time of, like, mingle. celebrating and little mingling mingle. together. Yeah, do a little mingle. And then uh, Susie and I have put together, like, a mini show. It's about Very a mini. half-hour show yeah. where you're going to hear me reading some excerpts from the book and even like elaborating on them a little bit and then in between that we also have some music that we're going to be playing because everybody always loves a little a little yes. Susie K music, music that has been significant to your mm-hmm. journey I wrote a song for kind of just the overall idea of this book yeah. for you and then we just had um, music that's been important to yeah. the story of what yeah. even you're writing about yeah yeah so we're gonna do that and then we're gonna have books available for purchase there are you gonna so you sign can, books? I can sign it if you want <laughs> that seems a little silly to me but I'll do it uh, no I'd love to sign your book and that's got an epic signature with like little drumsticks man oh I could yeah <laughs> you could just so do that if you listen to this podcast and you specifically request the, the little, little stick figure boy? with yeah. drumsticks I'll do it for you um, yeah so again gonna come hang out and then we'll do the show and then you know we'll we'll sign books and things like that for the last hour it's just gonna be so much fun the atmosphere is just gonna be amazing and uh, yeah no tickets or anything like that just show up um, but show up on time like get there between 6 and 6 30 for sure so you don't miss the show absolutely well Matt thanks so much for coming on my podcast it's been it's been an honor thank you yeah I'm I'm gonna giggle at that all day No, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait till your book comes to our home and that we get to do the unveiling, the opening of your books. And yes. And thank you for all your encouragement along the way. This is, you know, when you write a book, you need, you need your, your crew, you need your team to support you. Otherwise it gets so demoralizing and hard (laughs) and you want to give up. And you were that person, like you said, like setting up places for me to write or just 
get, getting the taking the kids somewhere, right. whatever, just to create that space. So thank you for uh, being behind the project and you're supporting welcome. it, and uh, and being a part of the project. Because like I said, you're in so many of the stories. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm in the stories. That's yes. Okay. Switching over back to my podcast. Um, thank you I all just got for. Fired. <laughs> no, you didn't get fired. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Susie, for interviewing me. Mm-hmm. That book is coming out really soon. So thank you, everybody, for uh, just uh, <laughs> sitting down with us today. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. As much as I hate social media, I'm out there. Oh, yeah. um, I'm still dabbling in some reels, so that's always fun to, to just, just watch me uh, fumble around on that. <laughs> um, but just Matt Kinzera, otherwise Chasing Goodness, is on Facebook as well. And, of course, the website is mattconsera.com and as always let's continue chasing goodness together.